You're listening to the Well Woman Healthy Lifestyle Podcast, and I'm your host, Michelle Broad, certified women's health, adult nurse practitioner, and hormone specialist. I'm a daughter, wife, mama, and nana of two, and I'm the founder of Well Woman Network, an online women's health educational portal where we help high-achieving businesswomen accomplish overall health and wellness for their bodies and themselves through disrupting the status quo of women's health. We do this by teaching them how to be their number one self-care advocate through providing impactful and valuable content for them so that they can feel empowered and informed when making health decisions for their own bodies in a non-judgmental and not too sciencey way. All right, ladies. Well, how was your week? And welcome back to another episode. You know, I always like to start off by asking you how your week went. So my week was pretty good, and I'm recording this today for you. I'm sitting up here. My Coco, who's one of my dogs, is here with me today, and my mom is downstairs doing her, her puzzles, which she likes, so it's really good. It is very hot here today, so we're planning on going out later on with the grandkids and taking them to um, the pool and getting out of this dreaded heat. But today's podcast topic comes from me and my and one of my business accountability partners talking about stress and cortisol and really exploring some adaptogenic herbs that she can use to help her with some things that are going on in her life. So thanks, Steph, for the topic for today's podcast. And just wanted to let you know, too, that today's podcast episode is going to be just a little bit on the longer side than some of our previous ones, just because I'm going to be going over several different adaptogenic herbs that you can implement or use. Okay, so before we get started, I have to put a loving disclaimer here to say that number one, I am a nurse practitioner, but I am not your nurse practitioner. And anything that we discuss in today's episode regarding aptogenic herbs is for educational purposes only. It is not meant to be used for diagnosis, treatment, cure, or for any other reason except for educational purposes. And before you start taking any adaptogenic herbs, you always need to check with your medical provider if you are taking any kind of medications or if you just are thinking about starting to make sure that they are okay for you. If you are pregnant or breastfeeding, then you also need to consult with your doctor as well to know if you should be taking any other things that are over the counter. And adaptogenic herbs are not for pregnant or breastfeeding women. Okay, so I think I covered all my legal bases there. So let's dive into today's topic, Adaptogenic Herbs 101. So ladies, I know that if you're listening to this podcast and if you tune in here, you're like me and you're always interested in learning more about natural and holistic remedies for things that can, you know, help you in your life, which can help reduce pain, which can help reduce soreness, which can increase your immune system, which can help with stress and a lot of other things. And Adaptogenic Herbs just might be the arsenal that you want to add into your supplement routine. But again, every one is different. And if you are taking medications, you need to check with your medical provider to make sure that these are not going to interact in a negative way with any medications you're taking. You cannot take adaptogenic herbs if you are pregnant or breastfeeding. And if you are a senior, I would also suggest that you check with your medical provider as well. Always, always check with your medical provider and make sure that anything that you add supplement-wise is going to synergistically be okay and not have any contraindications with any of the medicines that you're taking, okay? So let's take a look and let's learn more about these type of herbs and how they can help us, or more specifically, how they may help you. 
okay? So how do adaptogenics work? So adaptogens work by helping the ba to balance our adrenals, our pituitary, and our hypothalamic glands, okay? The HPA axis. These glands work in our bodies, ladies, to help respond to stresses. And when you go through stress, your body goes through three different steps. Step one is the alarm phase. Step two is the resistance phase. And step three is the exhaustion phase. Okay. So as your body deals with stress, such as a strenuous exercise per se, it expels hormones that increase the performance of your muscles and it lets you concentrate on the task at hand. You actually resist the stressor during this phase. As a result, you feel more energy due to the boost that your body is getting from those particular hormones at that particular time. This helps you fight the stressor off. On the flip side, when you get tired, you start to go into the exhaustion phase. As step two, the resistance phase, it gets stretched out a bit more. This powerful part allows you to stay in this helpful stage a bit longer. Adaptogens have some of the following effects on your body, okay? So before we get into the effects that they can have on your body, I want to kind of just reiterate a little bit about what I just said. So we've talked about before, a stressor can, you know, our body is designed for acute stress, for the stress to happen, for it to be over, and for our body to recover. But due to a lot of things that can cause chronic stress, and we've talked about them before, illness, being laid off, stressors at work, stressors in our marriage, stressors financially, any of these stressors that we are constantly fighting and battling internally on a daily basis can lead to prolonged stress that is constantly ebbing you know, cortisol out. So what we're talking about here with these phases when we have the step one, the alarm phase, step two, the resistance phase, and step three, the exhaustion phase, is we also talked about several times in a couple other episodes I've talked to you about when you are actively in the stress phase, the beginning, that's the alarm phase, okay? You're alarmed to this particular stress. You see, you know, an accident, you're going to run over to help. So this is the alarm phase. Your body then, you know, produces cortisol to help you respond to that stress, okay? When you're in the resistance phase, that's when you're pumping out this cortisol. So it allows you to handle and stay present with whatever you need to be dealing with. Then after the stressor is over, that's when you go into sometimes into the exhaustion phase. That's the recovery phase, okay? But for a lot of people, they are constantly under stress and they're always pumping out that stress, okay? Because you don't deal with the stress, like I said, during the alarm phase or the resistance phase. It's when the stressor is over that you start to feel the effects of it. The longer the alarm phase, the long, longer the resistance phase. And the resistance phase is the one that we stay in, like when we're dealing with a bad job, when we are in a bad marriage, when we have financial issues, when we have health issues, or when we're taking care of other people, you know, because we're constantly needing to be on for a longer period of time. So we don't feel or respond to the stress then. It's when that stressor ends that you tend to feel the repercussion that's when it hits you. That's when you start to feel exhausted. That's when you start to feel fatigue, no energy. Sometimes you can't even sleep because you're so tired that you're fighting against the stuff that's supposed to be working for you. Okay. So 
let's take a look now at how adaptogens can help and how they have effect that the different effects that they have on your body is what I'm trying to say. So one thing is they can have an antidepressive effect. So they can help you boost your moods. They can have an anti-fatigue effect. So they can help with soreness. They can help relieve some of that fatigue. They also can be a central nervous stimulant to get your body going. They also have neuroprotective effects, which help our brains. Okay. So let's now move into talking about the benefits of, of adaptogenic herbs. Okay. So here are some of the benefits when needed and added to a supplement routine, ladies, adaptogens can help with overall well-being. In the past, they have helped people with heart, dis- heart issues as well as neurological problems. Adaptogens also help with mental clarity for people with all kinds of health issues. For example, Arctic root can help people with depression because it can boost their productivity levels without any toxic side effects that those, of, that those possibly can have from antidepressants or anti-anxieties. Okay, sometimes people experience side effects from Western medicine and sometimes adaptogens and herbs can help in the same way but not have all the same side effects. Again, you always need to check with your medical provider. Arctic root can also help people heal from the flu at a faster rate. Okay. Um, Shishmardia, another adaptogen, helps people who deal with exhaustion and low mental energy. It has also been helpful in people who have some neurological issues as well as lung functioning. With Shoshonera, it is a stimulant. The body doesn't get used to it as fast or rate as other things. For this reason, you can use adaptogens at the exact same dose as you do for other things, okay? Adaptogens can be used to alleviate fatigue as well. They can also be helpful for dealing with the symptoms of many acute and chronic issues when used alongside other forms of treatment. Now, most physicians may not be quick to prescribe adaptogens for random reasons. It may be helpful to take them if you deal with low levels of energy as a result of some medical issues. But again, you need to consult with your medical provider to make sure that these adaptogens are not going to have any ill effects on any medications that you're currently taking. Next, I wanted to dive in and I wanted to talk to you about different types of aptogenic herbs. So this is where we're going to get in and talk about specific ones and how specific ones can help different things. All right, types of aptogenic herbs. Adaptogenic herbs are botanicals that can naturally provide a number of health benefits. They are especially helpful in treating mental and physical stress. These herbs provide energy, strength, mental focus, and clarity without the use of synthetic supplements or medications. So the following herbs provide adaptogenic benefits in this way. The first one I want to talk to you about is Siberian ginseng. Siberian ginseng has been used in China as a traditional herbal remedy for over 2,000 years. It is native to northern China, North and South Korea, southwestern Russia, and Japan. Traditionally, Siberian ginseng has been used as a stimulant and to boost the immune system. So here are some of the benefits of Siberian ginseng. They include improved mental functioning. It works to increase blood flow to the brain. This helps to improve mental function as well as concentration, focus, reasoning, and memory. It also can help eliminate fatigue and it can help boost energy. It has been long used as a natural stimulant. 
It increases energy levels, and its naturally occurring compounds work to relieve exhaustion. Since Siberian ginseng boosts the immune system, the body's natural healing processes work more quickly. The herb also contains compounds that have been proven in studies, ladies, to be very effective in the prevention of ulcers. It's also been seen to help with menopause relief. Its extracts have been shown to bind to the receptors of estrogen. This thus means that it can help to decrease the undesirable effects of estrogen withdrawal in menopausal women, such as hot flashes. Okay, research has proven also that it works to encourage the regeneration of nerves following damage, as well as synapse regrowth in lab rats with nerve damage. So it can help repair and prevent nerve damage. It can also help decrease the effects of osteoporosis. It has also been shown, ladies, for many years to be effective at boosting bone and muscle strength. In a 2013 study, showed a nearly 17% increase in the bone density of lab rat femur bones when the rats had been given 100 milligrams of the herb daily for a period of eight weeks. All right, so how can you use it? Siberian ginseng comes in a powder form, and it can be mixed with water or juice and ingested. A daily dosage of one to two grams is recommended, divided evenly into two or three doses, and taken between meals. It can also be found in some capsules. So always follow <laughs> the recommendation on the bottle. But again, make sure you know what you're taking and make sure these things do not mix with anything else. Um, next that I want to talk to you about is maca. So maca or maca root is also called Peruvian ginseng. It is native to the Peruvian Andes Mountains in South Africa. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, in South America. It has long been used for its traditional medical benefits. One of the most recent benefits of maca was discovered in 2016 study when it was found that the root improves the quality of semen in, fer in infertile but otherwise healthy adult males. Hmm, there you go, ladies. So if you're needing some infertility boost, husbands can use some maca. So let's look at some of the other benefits of maca. Maca root is available in many supermarkets and it's produced secretions and health food stores. Okay? It has been shown in multiple studies to deliver several health benefits such as menopausal stress relief. Women suffering from the stressful effects of menopause have reported that adding small amounts of maca, maca root powder to their diets help relieve anxiety, fatigue, and overall unpleasantness that comes with that time of the transition. It can also improve mental functioning. Maca has been proven to improve mental focus, memory, and has shown promise in delaying the onset of debilitating mental conditions and some other diseases. It improves overall health. Maca contains iron, which enriches our blood, lowering the risk of anemia. The natural vitamin content works to ward off illness, viruses, the flu, colds, and etc. There are claims that maca decreases the risk of prostate disease in males, but it has not been shown yet. It can also relieve depression. Maca naturally increases energy levels and encourages hormonal changes in order to improve mental outlook and mood. A number of individuals who have suffered from depression and who have taken maca on a regular basis show improvement and outlook. It can also help increase bone density. Maca has been proven to increase bone density and strength. Many believe that daily use of this root helps to prevent osteoporosis. So how can you use maca? Maca is most commonly used in powder form once it has been harvested and dried. The powder can be added to food or strained into a tea or into soup. It can even be fermented and brewed into a weak, into a weak form of beer. Hmm, that's kind of interesting. See, I'm providing you some tips that you probably didn't even know. 
So maca has a lot of different things. I'm trying to give you an overview of what all these different adaptogens can do and how they can help. All right. And again, I want to, I want to emphasize right here too, that when you are using adaptogens, okay, for stress or whatever, it is important. Like I told my accountability partner, cause we were talking about this. It really is important if you can go out and you can do a saliva test for your cortisol levels. If you feel like you have stressors in your life, if you feel you're tired and fatigued. And the reason I'm saying this is because when you're adding in different adaptogens, you want to know where you need to add these in. So for instance, when you do a cortisol saliva test, you spit into a tube over several times throughout your day and you get back a printout of where your cortisol might be high and where your cortisol may be low. Because if you remember from our previous podcast that I talked about, you want cortisol to be up in the morning, okay? And you want it to start gradually going down in the evening. So you want it to go down in the evening when you want melatonin and serotonin to go up. So they're inversely proportional to each other. So cortisol, you want it to be higher in the morning because it's what gets you up and gets you going. But depending on where you have these different levels of cortisol, if you're lower during the middle of the day, you may want to take your supplement more towards the morning. If your cortisol is really low, you know, in the morning, you may want to take it in the evening. So that by the time you get up in the morning, it's helping boost that AM cortisol. So it's, it's powerful to know why you're taking things and how to add these things correctly into your regimen of natural things that you're trying. Because sometimes when you're just throwing, you know, like the old saying spaghetti at the wall, or you're throwing supplements at the wall, so I'll say that, you just are trying and you're hitting and missing and you don't know really what you're doing. And when it doesn't work, you just kind of say, oh, it didn't work. When it didn't work because you're not properly putting it into your, your regimen where you need it. Okay. So that's where it helps to work with a coach who's a hormone specialist who can order these tests for you and can guide you on how to add them in. And they can guide you with all your other hormone things as well. So if that happens to be you, I am one of those people. So please reach out to me, you know, and work with me um, one-on-one. I really do help with hormones. It's been something I've been doing for over 30 years. So you can always go to wellwomannetwork.com and you can hit work with me. All right. So the next one that's coming up that I want to talk about is rhodiola. So get ready for this one, ladies. Okay. What is rhodiola rosea? Rhodiola rosea is found in the frigid mountains of Asia and Europe. See, I'm giving you a history lesson here too, of where these herbs are found. It is also known by the name, it is also known by the names golden root and arctic root. It is especially potent herb containing over 140 active ingredients. God, over that's so amazing that these herbs contain over 140 different active ingredients and things that they can do. So rhodiola rosa, ladies, has long been used in, in Scandinavia and Russia to treat conditions such as depression, anxiety, and associated fatigue. So let's look into some of the benefits of, of rhodiola rosa. With its vast number of active ingredients, like we said, over 140, Rhodiola rosa offers a wide range of health benefits, including, but not limited to, decreasing anxiety and stress. Test studies have shown that rhodiola significantly improves the unpleasant symptoms associated with stress, such as anxiety, fatigue, and exhaustion. Test subjects who suffered from depression reported improvements in these symptoms as well. It can improve mental functioning. 
Testing on 56 doctors who worked the night shift showed that the herb reduced mental fatigue by 20% and greatly improved energy levels. The same testing performed on military candidates showed increased mental focus, reduced mental fatigue, and even improved overall exam scores by 8%. It could help to control diabetes. Rhodiola has been shown to lower the blood sugar levels of, di of diabetic lab rats. It does this by increasing the blood's glucose transporters, which carry glucose into and throughout the body. It may fight cancer. One of the components of this herb is saladrosa. I'm probably saying it wrong. It's saladroside, which has been shown to have some promise in test tube experiments inhibiting the growth of cancer cells. So there may be some promise on the horizon for that helping out with cancer, but it's still in its testing phase and we don't know. The next one that I want to talk to you about is holy basil. All right, what is holy basil? Holy basil was originally found in India, but today can be found in West Africa, Australia, and in some countries in the Middle East. The Hindus considered holy basil to be a sacred plant. The Hindus gave it the name Tulsi, which translates to the incomparable one. So what are some of the benefits of holy basil, you may be asking? Let's dive in. The seeds, stems, and leaves of the plant are used to make medicines. These medications provide a wealth of health benefits, including, number one, it can be a fever reducer. Although a fever is not an illness in of itself, but rather a symptom, holy basil contains phytonutrients and essential oils that can fend off viral, fungal, and bacterial infections. When these ailments invade our bodies, ladies, holy basil helps to fight them off and keep fevers at bay. It could help protect against lung disorders. Holy basil contains with, within it essential oils compound like eugenol, vitamin C, cinol, and camphene, which are all extremely effective at fighting off lung infections and clearing away congestion in the lungs. These compounds are also highly effective at fighting lung infections and clearing away congestion. These compounds are also highly effective in healing lungs that have been damaged by smoking. Good to know. All right, they can also prevent heart disease. The vitamin C and the eugenol and other antioxidants that are found in holy basil are well known for protecting the heart against damage from harmful free radicals. They are also effective in reducing cholesterol levels, which is also very beneficial for your heart. And they may, pre they may prevent certain cancers. This is, this is evidence to indicate that holy basil may retard the growth of certain forms of cancer, such as oral cancer. The phytochemicals and the adaptogenic properties of the ursolic acid contained in the herb may work to effectively battle this disease. That's another promising thing that's on the forefront. It can also help reduce kidney stone development. Since holy basil is a mild diuretic and detoxifier, again, check with your providers if you're going to use any of these herbs if you take medications. It, if, it is effective in reducing the level of the uric acid in your body. This acid is the main component in the formation of kidney stones and in gout. The acidic acid, along with other compounds found in the herb, work to help dissolve kidney stones. Holy basil has a mild pain-killing effect that can also help relieve the pain and discomfort of kidney stones. And if you've ever had a kidney stone, you know how dang painful they can be. It can also help reduce headaches. Holy basil contains a substance called carveacrol, camphene, menthol, shavacol, cinol, and eugenol, which all have strong anti-congestive, antalgesic, disinfectant, and sedative properties, which are helpful in alleviating headaches caused by sinus pressure, cough and cold, migraine, and high blood pressure. 
So how do you use holy basil? The recommended daily dose of holy basil leaf extract is as follows. 1,100 to 2,200 milligrams per person if you are over 100, if you're 150 pounds. 1,500 to 2,900 for persons 200 pounds and 1,800 to 3,636 milligrams. These are all milligrams for persons 250 pounds. So again, that's 1,100 milligrams to 2,200 milligrams for a person who is 150 pounds. 1,500 milligrams to 900 and 2,900 milligrams for persons 200 pounds, 18 to 3,600 milligrams for persons who are 250 pounds or greater. But again, like I'm saying, and I'm reiterating through this entire podcast, because we have to do the legal love, that if you are taking any other kind of medication, you must check with your medical provider to make sure that none of these med- these herbs, if you are going to think about adding them into your regimen, are going to counterindicate or be counteractive against anything that you're currently taking. And again, no adaptogenic herbs are for pregnant or breastfeeding women. So the next one that I want to dive into and talk with you about is Panax ginseng. So we'll get into that in just a second. Okay, so Panax ginseng. Panax ginseng is also commonly known as Asian ginseng or Chinese red ginseng. It is native to far eastern Siberia, Korea, and northeastern China. The herb contains a number of active substances, the most significant of which are panadoxides and genodoxides. Health benefits of panacinic ginseng. Panacinic ginseng is considered to be a medication for the general well-being since it provides benefits to so many areas of the body. And some of the benefits can be it can aid in diabetic management. Scientists discovered in a series of 16 controlled randomized studies that the herb greatly improves fasting blood glucose. It can help with male erectile dysfunction. So ladies, this is for your men. Testing has shown that after taking panacinic ginseng for eight weeks, men who suffer from erectile dysfunction showed marked improvement in their condition, and the improvement continued as long as the herb was used. It can improve cognitive performance. Clinical trials have shown that the herb relieves mental fatigue and significantly improves memory, focus, and concentration. So how can you use it? The recommended dosage of panamax ginseng is 200 to 400 milligrams per day for the general Per, you know, general purposes and prevention. Studies have indicated that taking 400 milligrams daily delivers the greatest benefit to cognitive functioning. So a lot of these um, adaptogen herbs that we're talking about today are in the ginseng family. And ginseng has been long studied for its beneficial brain-enhancing effects, okay? So next, I want to talk to you about is shashan, it's sha, sha sarnata. Gosh, sometimes I'm having a hard time talking about some of these. They have long names. Let's get into it in a few minutes. Okay, Sishnardia, I think. I'm just going to go with that, okay? Is a combining, it's a climbing vine plant native to Russia and China. It thrives in vital in virtually any type of soil, and its fruit is used for a wide variety of medical purposes. The berry of the plant ladies is referred to as the fine, is referred to as the five flavor berry. This is because it contains five flavors that are considered to be basic to Chinese herbal medicine. They include sour, salty, spicy, sweet, and bitter. A fruit that possesses all of these flavors provides health benefits to all five of the body's yin organs, the heart, liver, kidneys, spleen, and lungs. These health benefits include, they can help with relief from hypertension. A 2009 study found that several Shishnardia extracts reduce pressure in the cardiac blood vessels of lab rats. They also resulted in lower blood pressure and improved circulation. 
It can also help increase energy and battle fatigue. It is most popular for its ability to naturally increase energy levels and reduce health, mental, and physical fatigue, ladies. Good to know. This is thanks to the plant's ability to stimulate the adrenal gland to produce hormones that improve muscle strength, sugar metabolism, heart rate, and blood pressure. These changes result in an increase in energy, stamina, mental sharpness, and feelings of inner peace and well-being. It can also help reduce the damage from hepatitis. The fruit extracts reduce levels of the enzyme glutamatic pyruvic transaminase in the blood of people with hepatitis. The enzyme SGPT, otherwise known for what I just said, indicates the level of liver damage in somebody with hepatitis. So if you get your liver functions or if you're a person who's had hepatitis, there are medications out there that are great for hepatitis, okay? But this is just one herb that can help with that. And if you are taking medications that is prescribed by a GI for helping you to fight hepatitis, you must contact and, and talk to your doctor about taking any herbs on top of those type of medications, okay? All right, it has that the Shishnardi has been proven to decrease the levels by decreasing and improving liver damage. So it helps with the damage that the hepatitis does to your liver. It can help fight off Alzheimer's disease. See, and I'm interested in this, okay? A 2017 study found that the herb contains an enzyme that blocks the, the creation of excessive amounts of amyloid peptides in the brain. Amyloid peptides are one of the principal components that cause the formation of amyloid plaque, which is found in the brains of individuals who suffer from Alzheimer's disease. Good to know. I, I'm, I'm looking at this and trying to find all different types of research that I can help my mama out with. It can also protect against liver disease like we just talked about. And how is it used? Dried shasharni berries can be purchased at many health food stores and online and eaten as they are. It is also available in powder, tablets, capsules, and extracts that are taken orally. The most commonly recommended dosage is 500 to 2,000 milligrams daily. The powder, seeds, and dried berries can be used to brew into tea. Now, the last one that I want to talk about is ashwagandha. And most people know about ashwagandha. So it shouldn't come as a surprise of the things that we're going to talk about and what it helps. Okay, what is ashwagandha? Ashwagandha is commonly known as Indian ginseng, winter cherry, or poison gooseberry. It has been used in traditional Indian medicine for centuries. Some of the benefits, ashwagandha provides both physical and mental health benefits. It is one of the highest medicinal herbs known to man, and its benefits can include reducing blood sugar levels, because we've seen studies that have shown that ashwagandha increases insulin secretion and improves muscle cells' sensitivity to insulin. These test indications, along with independent information provided by users of this herb to indicate that it decreases blood sugar levels in healthy individuals as well as those who have diabetes. Kills cancer cells, possibly. Studies have proven that the plant helps to reduce a a apoptosis, which is what destroys cancer cells. It helps to reduce, of course, cortisol levels, which we're always talking about over here. Cortisol is called the stress hormone because the adrenal glands produce and release it as a natural response to stress. This also occurs when blood sugar levels are too low. When cortisol levels become dangerously high, which can often lead to increased blood sugar levels, ashwagandha helps to reduce those elevated levels as well. It can help to fight off depression. A controlled study showed that among a group of 64 adults suffering from depression who took 600 milligrams of a high concentration, clinically proven herb over a 60-day period reported nearly 80% decrease in feelings of depression. 
So how can it be used? Ashwagandha benefits have been shown to be most effective in daily doses of 500 to 600 milligrams taken for at least 30 days. Now, I also want to add in here too, ladies, just like I was talking to one of my patients the other day, and I was talking to him and saying, if you're going to buy supplements, you should put your money where your supplements are, okay? Because you want to make sure that the supplements you're taking are going to be beneficial to your body, meaning that they are going to be digested in your gut, they're going to be absorbed into your bloodstream, and you're going to get some benefit from them. You want to make sure that you're not just pooping and peeing them out. So always go to a reputable place, go to a health food store, go to an herb store, and buy your supplements from these type of retailers. It's not that I want to put big box stores down because I love big box stores. I shop at big box stores, but I don't shop there for my supplements because number one, I want to make sure that I know where these supplements are coming from. I want to make sure that the stuff in there says what's in there is really what's in there. I want to make sure that they're not filled with a lot of fillers or artificial things that are going to cause reactions in my body. And I want to make sure that they've been clinically proven to do what they say they're going to do, that there's some independent research on these particular supplements. So I highly encourage you, go to reputable places, buy reputable supplements from big companies that are reputable and have been doing it for years. You can even go to Swanson's online. They sell a lot of different supplements. Research the companies that you are buying your supplements from. Make sure that they're transparent, that they tell you where the ingredients are coming from, how they're cleaned, how they're capsule, you know, put or put into the bottle. And spend some money. Don't be cheap when it comes to your supplements. Again, you want to make sure, because why pay for something even if it's cheap, if it's not going to benefit you? True? And again, I'm not a proponent for using 10,000 different supplements. I truly am a proponent of looking at what you individually need and coming up with a plan. So if that's something that you want help with to come up with an individual plan and you want to, you know, get and understand and get back on your wellness journey, I totally invite you to coach with me for your wellness journey program. It is a three month long program where we talk about overall health and wellness. We talk about why diets don't work, what are cravings, how to have a mindset. We talk about food sensitivities. We talk about gut health. It's all combined with hormonal health as well. So we get modules from overall health stuff and you get modules regarding hormone balance and you get me. I show up and I'm coaching you and talking with you several times throughout the month, going over this, seeing how you're doing and holding you accountable to doing the action and the steps that need to take you from where you are and optimize your health. So go to wellwomannetwork.com and hit work with me. It's a, have a brief 20 minute conversation with me. It's free and we can find out if I'm good for you or if you're good for me. So if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, maybe it's time that you jump on the bandwagon and you look at coaching with me. You know, it can't hurt. It's only going to optimize your health. So again, I just want to reiterate ladies what we learned today, because I want to tell you what you got. I want to give you what you, what, what we talked about. And then I want to reiterate what we talked about. So today we talked all about adaptogenic herbs 101, meaning we gave you the brief rundown of what some of these adaptogenic herbs are and what they do. Half of them or more than half of them that I gave to you today are inside of the ginseng family. So you can see that ginseng is a very powerful herb in of itself, but there's different forms of the plant ginseng and different forms are used for different things. 
So let's just go over some of them that we talked about today really fast, and we can dive into that and give you a little recap. So we talked about Siberian ginseng. Then we talked about maca. Then we talked about how it helps with that. Then we talked about rhodiola rosea and what that can do. Then we talked about holy basil. Then we dived into panix ginseng. And then we talked about shishnardia. And then we talked about ashwagandha because ashwagandha has a lot of great principles. But again, majority of these are in the ginseng family. We gave you benefits of them and then we told you how to take them. But we also are cautioning you again, putting in the loving medical disclaimer here, that if you are taking any kind of medication, you need to consult your medical provider. And I also encourage you to do a cortisol test, spit test, saliva test that is, with somebody who understands about cortisol and about hormones to find out if you really need to even add in any of these adaptogenic herbs into your supplement routine. So I hope that you got something from that today, ladies. Leave me a rating and review over on Instagram. I know we went over a lot today and maybe you might have to listen a couple times to get down everything. If you have questions about any of these, let me know. I also wanted to tell you that you can get our freebie that I created called 25 Different Ways to Reduce Stress for the Busy Businesswoman. Because again, in all aspects of our life, ladies, the, one of the number one things that we are looking to reduce is stress. We can't get rid of it, but we can help reduce it. So coming up with different things that we can do to help ourselves reduce it, you know, is great. And getting some new ideas is always fun because you can look at it and kind of change things up. So if you want to get that free guide, just go down to the, the, in the show notes here. We'll link it in the show notes. And it'll also be linked on our website page. This is episode 175. All right, until next week, ladies, I hope that you have a blessed week and that God richly blesses you. And bye for now.